Hey, it's Beth here. Episode 322. Okay. I don't sleep well. We all know that. I was up two nights ago thinking about Carly Simon and her songwriting is amazing. And I know that, um, Carol King is great too, but she brings you into a song like nobody else. So I was thinking about all of them, but you're so vain is like the top. You walked into a party like you were walking onto a yacht. Oh, come on. That's the first line. So I was like, I had to figure out who it was really about. The mist, one of the main, main mysteries of the 70s. Okay. So, you know, everybody says it's Warren Beatty. And I looked at her book and I researched everything. And she will admit that the second verse is Warren Beatty. The first one. Okay. Your hat strategically dipped below one eye. Okay, that might be Warren Beatty. Your scarf, it was apricot. I don't see Warren Beatty with an apricot scarf. Okay, and then you had one eye in the mirror as you watched yourself gavotte. Okay, that's a French word. And that means there's a French dance. But it also means that you're so conceited in life that you actually can't believe how lucky everyone is that you're at the party. That's how you actually feel. And I do kind of believe she felt that way about Warren Beatty because, you know, and all the girls dream that they'll be your partner. Okay, then the second verse. You had me several years ago when I was quite naive. Okay, she was young when they were together. Well, you said that we would we made a pretty pair and that you would never leave, but you gave away the things you loved and one of them was me. Okay, so she went to a therapist after one of the times he was with her because he always disappeared. Next morning, she goes to her therapist, makes an, a, an emergency appointment. The therapist says to her, in all seriousness, that morning, you are not the only one that Warren Beatty was with last night. She, I could screwed her up. So yeah, I totally believe that. And then I had some dreams. There were clouds in my coffee. She wrote with a an amazing lyricist and while they were on a plane, she was drinking a cup of coffee. And he said, look at the clouds in your coffee. And they both thought, oh, my God, that's the most amazing line. So that's where that comes from. And so then the next verse, well, I hear you went up to Saratoga and your horse naturally won. Okay. David Crosby, she was with so many people, was with another one that she was with. And um, actually, I met him and in Houston a very long time ago after one of his concerts and he has dirty fingernails. I don't think they lasted very long. Okay. And maybe he had dirty fingernails because he really loved horses in Saratoga, but I just don't see them together for very long. Okay. So then, um, the next one, then you flew your Learjet up to Nova Scotia to see the total eclipse of the sun. Warren Beatty's mother lived in Nova Scotia and he did have a Learjet. So it basically always goes back to him. One funny thing is she said that the second line, just vindictively, she was mad at David Geffen for years later for getting very excited about Joni Mitchell's song, A Free Man in Paris, which Joni wrote for David because he felt free in Paris because nobody made him do a whole bunch of stuff as a music producer. She, there's one line in that song. I've got to get it. It's, oh my gosh. So this one line, I deal in dreamers and telephone screamers. She said that that was written about her. So she went back 
and said that the, that David Geffen was the man that you were so young because you were quite naive that he took advantage of her when she was young because he was a producer for her one of her albums. But she was really mad at him that he called her a telephone screamer. So she used the song sometimes to hurt people that she wanted to hurt during this very long career. And um, one thing that happened that is kind of interesting is when she was going to make this this song, she was in London, and Harry Nielsen, who I adore, was going to be her backup singer for this song. You know, you're so vain. So they're starting and they're practicing and everything's going great. All of a sudden, there's this emergency phone call. It's from Mick Jagger, another guy she had an affair with. And he says, what are you doing? So she says, well, you know, I'm in town to see you, but I'm also in town to record your Sylvain. I'm doing it with Harry Nielsen. Mick says, hey, I'll just come over and watch. Well, he comes over and they have this unbelievable chemistry and he starts singing. And Harry Nielsen just looks at the two of them and he bows out. I mean, one is the loneliest number and it was going to improve his career and give him credibility. And Mick just happened to swan in and take over, gavant in and take over. And Harry never got that job and it was going to buy him a house because he didn't have any money. That's a true story. And that's just, this woman had everyone in the whole world after her. And so then all these years, everybody's like, who did it? Who did it? Who did it? Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? On Martha's Vineyard, she had a charity. And during the charity, she was going to offer an auction and she was going to promise to reveal the identity of the subject in the song. Dick Eppersall won it. He got the secret. He's, he's dead. He took it to his grave. She told Taylor Swift, who isn't telling anybody, the reason she told Taylor Swift at a concert they did together just, you know, a few years ago was because she didn't ask. She was the only one that didn't ask. So that's just all interesting. But I mean, my God, these lyrics, you walked into a party like you were walking onto a yacht. Your head st strategically dipped below one eye. Your scarf, it was apricot. I mean, that brings me into the song. I love when songs do that. So then, okay, you know, we've got the, well, you were, you were where you should be all the time. And when you're not, you're with some underworld spy or the wife of a close friend. Okay. During that time in the seventies, everybody was like all James Bond all the time. They wanted to meet people who worked in the CIA, people who were in the mafia. And it was just a cool thing to tell people, which is so funny. So then she said there was a lyric that she never exposed. And she finally did on a BBC special, which came out, oh gosh, like just a few years ago. And okay, she, in 2017, a never released verse that was written back in the day. So at 71, she sits at her piano at the BBC studios and she plays it. And the line is, a friend of yours revealed to me that you'd loved me all the time and you kept it as a secret from your wives. You believed it was no crime. And she says that that one was Warren Beatty too. So a lot of the, a lot of the song was about Warren Beatty. And the funny thing is, Free Man in Paris, that 
Joni Mitchell wrote that was about David Geffen um, was the backup singers for that one were David Crosby and Graham Nash. I mean, that's just, they must just be doing it because they're good friends or something. So this is what all of that song's about. But my God, she, she is in the Hall of Fame, but everybody isn't even interested in her songs anymore. They are so great. This one had a mystery attached and it was great. But, oh, you had me several years ago when I was still quite naive. And when you said that we made such a pretty pair and that you would never leave, but you gave away the things you loved and one of them was me. I had some dreams. There were clouds in my coffee. Clouds in my coffee. You're so vain. There's a concert. Oh my gosh, she's on this wharf. Everyone is singing these lyrics. Boy, men and women. Nobody nails it like this anymore. She was absolutely amazing. And in her book, she says that James Taylor, okay, they were married. And I mean, I was so into it because he was such a romantic writer and she was so amazing. And the anticipation song was actually written for Cats in the Cradle. Oh my gosh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Um, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> gosh, he turned into a Muslim. Um, what did I do with that name? Anyway, Cat Stevens. Cat Stevens. She really did write it for Cat Stevens. She was making dinner for him at her home, and he was late. And she had the entire song written before he got there. It became this catch-up thing in the 80s and 90s. But honestly, it is an absolutely beautiful song, too. It's just, you know, and that's the way it's supposed to be. She has so many hits. In fact, you can't even get You're So Vain without paying for it on the radio. So I get it. But I wish that wasn't the case. I wish everybody could hear it. So anyway, she is amazing. But James Taylor won't speak to her. And he, he was the one that was cheating on her. And he was kind of the drug addict. And she was trying to save the, the marriage. And he, Mr. Romantic Balladeer, won't speak to her and hasn't spoken to her for decades upon decades. And she says, I love you. And I wish we could be friends. And she wrote this book for her children and her grandchildren so they would understand that there once was a time when grandpa and grandma could be in the same room. She doesn't want to end the story like this. She doesn't like how he will never even speak her name or talk about her when he's with his children or his grandchildren, which isn't very much. So I think she's wonderful. She was married to a guy for 20 years. He was a poet and he turned out to be gay. Um, now she's living with, I think, some kind of a doctor. She's had her hands full. She's done enough. I mean, come on, James, just talk to her. Just, you know, bury the hatchet. For heaven's sake, it's your hatchet. You buried it. Just leave it where you buried it. You're the, you're the one who did it. Boy, some people. And then he's Mr. Romantic. I just don't get it. So anyway, it is about Warren Beatty. But she did say it was about other people, too. And I believe it's one of those songs that just has many meanings. So that's... You know, and she had Jack Nichols, she had so many boyfriends. And her father actually was the founder of Simon and & Schuster. And she had this terrible thing happen. She was molested when she was very young. 
and it kind of left a mark on her. And I think that's why she was kind of, she found every man irresistible. She fell in love overnight all the time. Her mother had a younger lover. She had all these problems and she was really accommodating and really a good person. And she fell every single time with all these guys. She was not easy. She fell madly in love every single time, got her heart broken every single time. She's, she's sweet. So anyway, that's what I've got, all of her songs. But this one, this one is the top. So I just had to, I just had to tell you. It was Warren Beatty and he was beautiful and he had everybody in Hollywood. And he was kind of vain and he wasn't nice. So there it is. And I'll be back. I just wanted to tell you that story. It's it's a seventies mystery and she solved it. She did admit it just recently. It was Warren Beatty. So yay. I knew it. You knew it. We all knew it, but I still don't think he wore an apricot scarf. I can't, he can't even pull that off. I don't think any man, I don't think Noel Coward could pull off an apricot scarf, but Warren Beatty would never do it. So that line, I need to speak with her. I'll, I'll get with her and I'll get back to you. Just kidding. Have a wonderful day. Stay sane and I'll be back. Bye-bye.